Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TNT Podcast. It's, as always, it's your boy, Tyler Layfield, joined by my co-host, Torres Finney, and we're here to break into some stuff. How's it going, Torres? What's going on, Tyler? Man, I am I excited today, baby. You know, I just got done doing a little training, you know, so, you know, watching, you know, watch, watch the, watch the little fights you last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept my eye on a little bit of the, uh, WrestleMania. A lot of y'all don't know. Okay. They admit they had fans. It was a lot of fans. As yeah. Well. Yeah. So they had fans. That was actually really fun to see people yelling, you know, excited. So, um, uh-huh. how'd that go with any, that, any surprises at WrestleMania? No, not this year. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Uh, WWE has slightly went down a little bit, man. The the old the old legends that we grew up on, they're retiring. So, you Who know, I'm not. Well, you know, obviously, you know, the Undertaker is retired. Yeah, Kane yeah. just got put in the Hall of Fame, so he's retired. Okay. You know, John Cena, he doesn't wrestle anymore. Uh, he's, you know, John Cena is like technically on like a hiatus. Like he comes here and there, but he doesn't wrestle. He ain't wrestling over like a year. Wow. So he doesn't wrestle anymore. He's like a staple. Yeah. He's like, you know how the rock comes back here and there? That's what John Cena is doing now. Wow. So yeah, John Cena's done. Triple H don't wrestle anymore. He just plays the management role. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the old guys that you know I grew up on, man, they don't wrestle anymore. So dang. You know, now Randy Orton does, but I still yeah, I used to like him now. I ain't gonna lie yeah. to you. I did like Randy Orton back in the day. But he getting old, you know, he Ray is. Mysterio, the Batistas of the world. You know, that's what we grew up on. Crazy. Edge still now Edge is wrestling tonight. Edge still wrestles. Okay. I'll tell you about Edge still, but you know, it ain't the same. It's uh-huh. not the same. Not uh-huh. Well she, well she well. Uh, in other news, uh, yeah, good well, to hear. like you're right. Yeah, in other news, was not other the news. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. other news, but not the we same. We know that's something good. that's not the same. It ain't the same. It's like when the Lakers are beat up on a not enough stars Nets. That's oh, right. I said it. Oh, I said oh, it. he's coming in hot, man. He's coming in hot. I am coming in hot. Cause I already know you're trying to you trying to make up this so type of oh. Look at the Lakers. Look who they beat. Because it was the other way around. This probably wouldn't even be a topic. We already know it. We do know exactly. Exactly. So the Lakers finding a way to get this dub in so-called fort. I mean, I'm looking at this man, and I'm like, bro, Andre Drummond, uh, congratulations. He had probably this best game he'll play since he's been on the Lakers. Yeah, since finally, he plays up to his potential. Yeah. Um, 2011, right? Stroder, he looked good. But, you know, shoulder pulled what LeBron James had to do to, you know, Draymond Green in the 2016 final. He had to find a way to get the old boy ejected. Because we all know Kyrie was still in that game. If you, they would find a way to Hold win. on. Time out. Before you move any further, if you actually go back and watch it, bro, neither of them actually should have even been ejected, really. They got in each other's face a little bit. But if we're going to get mad at anybody, we got to get it mad at the officiating. Because this year, they have been tossing people just – on the slightest things now. Yes. So that, that that's one thing we need to bring up a little bit. I don't think it was intentional by any means. Like, hey, Schroeder, go in there, start some stuff up with Kyrie so we can get him, you know, get him out, ejected from the game. Really, um, I don't know. It was just, it was just, so, it was really 
tic tac. Like I don't I don't understand why they felt the need to throw both players out that quick. And like I said, this has been a trend this whole season. Um, you've been seeing some stupid stuff. Like it's right. just. They, they NBA's got to start doing something about this because um, the slightest little things, they're not even play, letting players like, um, you know. Like Luca. Yeah, Luca they, they're not letting them come out and do anything. Attack. They can't show any oh, emotion. No, he, that's right. He got, I think he got ejected for saying and one. Huh? So that's what I'm saying, come man. On, I, man. I can't, I can't put up to that, man. man. And, 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 although, he's one, and he's four away from, uh, you know, having a uh, long-term, you know, you remember what Draymond Green? He yeah. He missed a game because of that. Luca is four uh, texts away from having that. Yes. Wow. So I didn't. I didn't know he was getting texts like that. I didn't know he was getting. That's what I'm saying. He's not that type of guy. You know, he's not that type of guy. So I don't know, man. That's crazy. It is wild. I'll let you continue on your rant now. After that timeout, you you can go ahead continue on your rant. What do you got to say? Well, I am going to continue on my rant because Kevin Durant didn't play the fourth quarter. Um, He played that third. You know, he played some. Uh, only less minutes. You know, he just getting back. Blake Griffin didn't have that all good of a game, but he ain't playing as much as either. With Kyrie being taken out after Kyrie had a really good first half, you know, mm-hmm. that stopped and slowed some of the momentum. So this game is a wash game, and then the MVP didn't play. Yes, James Harden, he was not in this one. So this game would have been a lot different than what it seemed. Y'all want to mm-hmm. say, oh, the Lakers won by 25 points. Well, congratulations. Because the Nets are still the best team in the NBA. And like Skip said, and I am on the side, and I'm not on Skip's side just because, but I agree. Why are the Nets even worried? They're not even going to play this team in the finals. It's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, they're going to be in LA, but they're playing the Clippers. Yes, with the Patrick Beverly. Yes, with the Kawhi Leonard. Yes, with the Paul George. Yes, yes. Yes, I am. This Leave is it like to Torres, man. Uh, Leave it to Torres to, to turn Lakers nets and to somehow bring in the Clippers in it, man. Yes. Can we stick to the game at least for right now? We'll get into it, bro, because you know this is okay, going to take okay, at least okay. 15, we'll, 20 we'll, we'll minutes. We'll stick to the game. We'll uh-huh. stick to the game. I, I, this is my prop. I'll let you finish. I want to give props. Like I said, I gave props to uh, Andre Drummond. Uh-huh. Stroder, he was another big-time player. Um uh, ben Macklemore. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, I'm about to say there's a lot of guys you can give props to from the Lakers. I thought they didn't play. Yes, really man. Good. Oh, a phenomenal game by Macklemore. I mean, he he played a really good game from the highlights I've seen. Two buyout really guys, good. man. Two buyout guys doing really well. Back to back. Them. I know. I mean, yeah. Look, that just goes into the uh, front office of the uh, Lakers. And um, Afonso McKinney, he played a really decent game. I mean, ten yeah. nine four. That's enough. Like, yeah, I remember a lot of y'all aren't going to start. So. He's coming off the bench minutes. That's going to be crucial for them in the playoff. Yeah. You also got to throw in the fact that the Lakers are a low seed right now, current. I think it's like current. Five, the five seed. Yeah, five. So yeah. let's say if the Lakers weren't able to, you know, they got to find a way to get back on, on that high horse. So they're five. You know, Nuggets are winning. Heck, they're literally only a game and a half above the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. So they need to win because you don't want to play those extra games for no reason. Yeah. yeah and, you're, um, you're right. So, the props to the Lakers. This was a, this was a much needed uh-huh. win. This uh-huh. win was much was much needed more than what the Nets did because the Nets really don't need this. The Nets are top first right now in the East. They really didn't need this, man. They're still yeah. going to win the East, I believe. They didn't care about this game. They didn't care about this. This game don't matter. This game don't matter. Oh man! I, you know, I, I, I love never it. forget 2017 when uh, 
the Cavaliers had beat the Warriors on, Christmas. Chris, on Christmas Day. And, and Tyler got it. on Twitter. And, man, he was the happiest man that there was. He was like, oh, man, I ain't worried about the finals. The, the Cavs got it. They got the rent, and they still lost. What happened that year? Oh, oh, that's right. Five games. Get them out of here. Next year, sweet. Get them out of here, bro. This is the regular – we already know. Playoff time comes – Durant is a different animal when playoff time comes. As long as these guys stay healthy, as long as these guys stay together, this team here, oh, man. You can put a nail in it. These okay. are your champs. Okay. Unless they play the Clippers. All right. All right. Are you, are you finished? Are you finished? Because <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to let you get your point across, but I, I'll go into this a little deeper, man. So – I didn't get to watch the game. I did see some highlights. I've done some, you know, some looking into this. Um, and, for, you know, from everything I watched, you know, it was the Lakers played a really good game. Like you said, you named out a lot of good names. Some others just to throw in there. Marquise Morris coming in with 14 points. You had KCP with 14. Taylor Horton Tucker, one that you – I don't think you mentioned him, but he was really key to this one because when Schroeder uh, got ejected, Horton Tucker had to take over ball handling duties. And to mm-hmm. me, that's that's big. That's, that's pretty big because right now – Caruso, yeah, he can play some point guard, but really, if you if you really watch him, he likes to play off ball, and it's important for the for the Lakers to kind of solidify another guy behind LeBron, behind Schroeder. Now they can maybe keep a guy like THT. They can come in, have the ball handling. I mean, eleven assists, that's awesome. He made some really spectacular plays during the game, um, and you know this is the guy that was getting tossed around and maybe some trade talks. And they did not budge. They did not budge. They wanted to keep this guy, and it's showing. I, I don't know if it would be smart to, to have done that deal for Kyle Lowry, man. Um, so, really, right now, like you said, too, I mean, we, we hit on it, but Macklemore and Drummond, two buyout guys coming in, really key. Now, I do not think that this was a throwaway game. I don't think the Nets came into the saying, screw it, we're not going to, you know, play. Because, I mean, they did – Play people. You, you name the people they played. You know, they had Blake Griffin playing, KD. Sure, he didn't play in the fourth. That's because it was already kind of getting away. And I understand that with a guy like him who's coming from a hamstring injury, your main guy, by all means, your main guy. I don't care what James Harden and Kyrie have been doing. I mean, Torres, you've spoken this before, but you are arguably KD is one of the best players in the world. I mean, so you got to keep him. He's the key to this, man. You got to keep him healthy. So why play him in that fourth quarter when you're when you're down big? Um, that, that happening. Um, and then, you know, Kyrie, obviously I think the way things ended, even if both of them didn't get ejected, I still think the Lakers would have pulled it out, probably would have been closer, but really the story here is the physicality. It doesn't look like the Nets were able to hang down low with, um, you know, with the Lakers. Drummond was getting anything he wanted. Uh, did you see? The, hey, did you see the play where he got the and one and he did the little? He's too small, man. He's too small about Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, Aldridge even came out after the game and said, "Man, I did bad defensively. I'm gonna have to watch some film." They still don't have a big man that can hang down low. They still don't have it. They did get two guys, Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, but really those guys are mainly scorers, and that's the truth. All right, we don't know these guys as perennial defensive guys. I mean, the best. Defensive guy you could probably name is either, you know, DeAndre or you can name Nick Claxton. But really, Nick ain't, you know, he ain't he ain't quite there yet either. He was getting kind of handled but down see, there. That's the thing, though, Tyler. DeAndre Joel wasn't there either. 
another you you we, DeAndre. We about, if you've watched any about, Nets games this year, you can you can't tell me that DeAndre is the same DeAndre of old who who is actually like these are key because Tyler. When things start to get on, I mean, is this is this the right way to play all the time? No, but this is the way the guys in NBA play for some goddamn reason. When things are on the line. When things are starting to be real, they play at a different level. It's different, man. I too believe I believe we're gonna see a more DeAndre Jordan Clipper base, a Clipper base DeAndre Jordan in the playoffs. I, I mm. believe we're gonna yes. So I believe, all, right, all right, so so are, are we talking? What are we talking here? If you could put some stats behind that, what would you predict for a, a guy okay, like well, let, let, Let's go to the stats. Because I'm, I'm just let's, gonna let's, I'm gonna write this down and I'm gonna remember this. Come playoff time, I really am. I want to hold you to this one, man, because I, I'm not buying it. I'm not. I'm not drinking that Kool Aid, man. On DeAndre I mean, Jordan, you gotta remember his role has slightly diminished. It has only, be, only because I mean now they have someone else in. I mean Aldridge is not a bad player. Aldridge mm-hmm. is a reason. Now Aldridge to me is what I think that hurt the Spurs in a lot of different ways. He isn't as he isn't tough like that. Like he ain't tough. No. Like he, he ain't can, no he can shoot. Really he, he can do good offensively, he but shoot. he can't he yeah. can't really bang down low like that. He can't. He can't. So in, in his Clippers years, those those years he was getting 13, 15, 13, 13 rebounds a game. Yeah. Staying deep inside of in the paint, averaging three blocks, nearly three blocks per game for five straight years in a row. That's the DeAndre Jordan we're going to see a lot of when playoff time comes. Okay. That's the one. Not saying he's going to play wow. it at a consistent basis every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the one we're going to see. Like you're saying he might that's have some games of it, you know, maybe. Um, yes. He, he's going to be a don't, – don't be fooled. I'm he not buying that. I'm not buying All it, bro. Right. I think, right. I think, I think our boy – I think our boy DJ is washed. That's what I think. I think he's he probably don't got old. I mean, he's been in the league since 08. What he's 32 now? Oh, yeah. no. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying those days are are over. I just really don't think we're gonna see that moving forward. Only reason he's in Brooklyn is because he's best buds with KD and Kyrie. They got him the deal that are you know they're, they're paying too much for this guy, but because he was a buddy of theirs, remember when they both went to Brooklyn, he was a part of the deal. They had to, you know, the Nets had to sign DeAndre. You know, they, that was something that both KD and Kyrie were pushing for. I, I'm just saying, only reason he's there is because they're boys. I just don't see um, – I'm telling you right now, if I'm a Nets fan after this game, I'm I'm actually a little bit worried. If I'm – if I, I swear, I swear. Oh now, listen to this, because you named a bunch of people that were out for the Nets, but can I name some people that were out for the Lakers? Can I can I name some people out for the Lakers? I mean, obviously, yeah. we know yeah. – we know, we know Name them out like, like they don't matter. All right, so look, you you were missing James Harden. You were missing James Harden, and you were missing DeAndre Jordan, who hasn't really been doing it. Who else? Tyler Johnson, who doesn't really play much. Uh, uh, a a a not full a not full playing Kevin Durant and a second half Kyrie Irving. Don't don't come on now, Tyler. I'm I'm just saying. No, I'm not gonna make excuses. I'm not. I'm look. I'm not gonna make excuses for him because twenty five points is twenty five points. I like I said, even if both of them stayed in there. Schroeder was still playing well too. I mean, it's not like one was doing good. Kyrie was doing playing bad. really well. That's what I'm saying. We got to so, see. A- I still think it would have ended the same way. You know, maybe it would have still been a win. I just don't think it would have been as much. But here's where I'm getting at. Look, Lakers down LeBron, AD, Kyle Kuzma. 
I don't did Mark Gasol play? I don't know if he ended up playing that game or not. Did he? You actually you actually just sat here and picked Kyle Kuzma in there. I did no. because Kyle Kuzma is actually a key piece to this Lakers team. Kyle Kuzma is more important to the Lakers than DeAndre Jordan is to the Nets. And wasn't it just last year when Wesley everybody Matthews. said why everybody was calling for Kyle Kuzma head to be cut off last year in the playoffs? He so wasn't playing well. But I've been on record on this podcast stating how good he is actually he's actually taken a step forward this year this season he has actually gotten a little bit better he is starting to understand his role and he's playing in that role I, I mean I'm not going to be mad at him, but he was making some bonehead plays he's he's going to continue to do it because he's still a young buck he's still young in the game man he's still got to get used to this but he is getting there he's making strides and that's what I'm going to recognize I did get I did get irritated with him I will I'll open up and I'll say that but I've also said that I think he has done better this year Either way, Lakers were missing more than the Nets were, and they still ended up pulling this out. What I take away is the presence down low. Look, defense actually mattered this game. The Lakers have been playing great defense. They were able to bang it down low. I'm just saying if if Andre can eat like that, just imagine what Anthony Davis and LeBron James can do. I'm, I, 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 I don't think I don't think you understand what the flaws. Yes, they might be better overall players, and yes, they make the team significantly better. But LeBron James and Anthony Davis, at this case, still have flaws. When they go cold and cold, when LeBron James get the jacking up shots and start banking off the side of the rim, those are going to turn into rebounds for the Nets, not offensive rebounds uh, for uh, the Lakers. That's going to be points turned around. That's going to be fast break points. That's going to be changing other game. That's going to be, oh, instead of me going inside looking for a two and shooting this jacked up three, Boom, Kevin Durant comes down or James Harden hits the three. Those are going to be game-changing moments that makes a difference when you're playing a full game. Because when, Kev, when LeBron's in now and they got Anthony Davis in there, I hope he can hold the load. I hope he can hold the load because you're going to have an MVP on the court at all times. Mm-hmm. Probably, I mean, not Kyrie necessarily, but more than likely you'll have an MVP on the court at all times. You'll have a, a top player on the court at all time. And yeah. don't sit here and say, well, because the Lakers, they just got just as many weapons on their side. When it's weapons to weapons, when I want to match offense to offense, give me the Nets, man. Give me the Nets. Mm. Defensively, the Lakers might be better. But I think they the Nets offense is that much better you know, Mike, too. than the Lakers defense. They're, they're, they're going to overcome it. I think they'll overcome. We, we will see. Um, as you said about people being cold, I mean, if you're a team relying on three points all the time, I mean, dude, the, I'm no no crack on the Nets. Obviously, they do have the great pieces. I'm not saying that they suck by any means. I'm just saying I would be careful before I would nail down them even winning this whole thing because here's a bold prediction. I don't even know if they're going to make it out the East. When you have to go again, now I'll state it. I'll state it why. If you're, if look, what happened last night is legit because I don't think anything that De- I don't think DeAndre Jordan could have done anything to even make a, much of a dent in that. Claxton couldn't do nothing. Aldridge couldn't do nothing. Griffin couldn't do nothing. I don't believe DeAndre's going to be able to do nothing. When you're going against Joel Embiid in the playoffs, when you're going against Giannis Antetokounmpo in the playoffs. I'll even throw in the Miami Heat, bro. The Miami Heat that I picked to come out of the East this year. I'll even throw them in it. Right now, league executives from, from around the league, they are staying, they're saying that the Heat are one of the hottest teams right now and that that's a team to watch to actually still do it. I'm just saying, Bam Adebayo, you know, Jimmy Butler getting to the rack. Jimmy's not much of a three-point shooter. If you actually th- – this team isn't hard to out-physical. This team isn't hard to 
to get into with the paint with. So I'm just, I don't know, man. I think the easy buckets are right there. I'm not buying it. Wow. Talking about the Bucks who are on a three-game losing streak. The Heat, mm-hmm. I mean, they have one. Who, who's been, who's been out during those games? Oh. Uh-huh. Congratulations. Yeah. The, the, the Bucks aren't beat. The, the back-to-back MVP yet. who arguably the, could be MVP this season. I mean, oh, yeah, he got a great case. He's probably – That's what I'm saying. But so most valuable player being out, oh, man, that, you know, I'm just saying that that does make a difference. I'm going to tell you this. Go ahead. The Nets, the Nets, the Nets going to win the East, whether they don't do it or not. The Nets win this East, then they potentially could be playing the Hawks. So the Hawks are the surging four seed right now. The Hawks look really good. Hey, they're looking you good. Throw that out. The they Hawks can't. Hey, really as good. we're recording today, I think they made like a ten point. They overcame a ten point deficit in the fourth quarter against the Hornets. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, and that you got to remember as well because the Hawks beating the Hornets gives them the lead above them taking the fifth seed. So, yes, the Hornets are the fifth seed right now, meaning with the Hawks winning this game, that keeps them a two-game lead above the Hornets. And so um, that's big in that case. Did Trey Young play today, by the way? Did he? Because uh, I know he's been battling some injuries here lately. That. So that, that's something I was wondering uh, about. Yes. Well, he played, he, he played yesterday. Uh, cause he, he, he didn't play today, <laughs> so they ended up doing that without not, Trey not Young. Not today. Though. He didn't play today, but he played yesterday. Yeah, he, they did that. They did that without Trey Young, which is, dude. Um, shout out, yeah, shout out to Nate Young McMillan. Forty-two. Shouts out to Nate McMillan. Yeah, Nate McMillan. Oh, he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah, he's doing good. He is man. changing the way that. The, yes, he's a big time coach for them. Yes, yeah. he is so, really changing the way that the Hawks are right now. I, I'm yeah, excited. Man. Because a lot of people thought he was crazy bringing in Lou. Lou is oh, no, 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 no. That was really good. And I think I'm gonna tell you something. This Hawks team is a team you better watch out for. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, he had 32 points today. He's been doing good. So scooped him hey, up in fantasy. Had doing a really back. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the Hawks gonna be good. But like I said, the Nets are gonna win this East. And since you want to see it talk about somebody not making it out their conference, the Lakers ain't making it out. Get them clips, baby. Them Clippers are coming. Tyler, you can sit here and laugh all you want and joke about it all you want. But the Clippers just beat the number two seed in the West, the Suns, and beat them emphatically. They okay. beat the Trailblazers. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Their last four wins. Okay. Lakers, whoop. Hey, why did we talk about that last Sunday? Huh? Exactly. You can, the, hey, the, we did. I think Clippers. actually, I think actually, we did briefly bring it up, or we talked about it separately, one of the two. But it was just like a wash game because nobody played for the Lakers. Oh, oh that's how it always is because nobody. Well, played. I'm just saying, no, they didn't even. All the players that I named out earlier that didn't play against the Nets, plus Andre Drummond being out. I'm just. I mean, if you want to go there, we can go there. Well, and, they beat I the think Lakers. Taylor Horton Tucker was suspended. I want to say so. I don't know, man. You tell me. It wasn't a change. Did you want to change anything? Because uh, the Clippers whooping up on them the same way the Clippers were whooping up on them last year. It wouldn't change anything. Comical. Uh, Comical. The Clippers <laughs> beat the Trailblazers. They beat the Trailblazers. They beat the Suns, and then they beat the Rockets. The Rockets ain't nobody, and they got to play the uh, Pistons today. Let me tell you something. Look, yeah. this Clippers team to me is looking phenomenal. Okay. Like I've been keeping an eye on them big time. They're on a four game win streak right now. Twenty two and ten in the conference. They beat the Suns right now. They're two. They're two games behind the Suns. Um, you know they got to keep winning. Obviously, the Jazz are the number one seed. Jazz are front runners to me. 
we'll see how how true that's gonna be. Uh-huh. I don't think the jazz, I don't think the Jazz are all that, but we go see. Yeah, because uh, the Mavs beat the Jazz, the Suns beat the Jazz. I mean, like I say, regular season, a lot of guys play differently, but we'll see. And as time go on, man, I just think these Clippers are the best team. Though. I'm sorry, I think the Clippers are the best team in the West, and they got it defensively. The only the only thing that I have against them, the only thing, go ahead, is the man at the helm. And that's Tyron Lue. I just worry about his game planning or his uh, coaching late in games. That's going to be uh, very key because obviously, you know, in the West, you're not going to blow out, blow out a lot of these teams. A lot of these games going to be close. So it comes down to coaching late in those games like that. And I get worried. But he does have a lot of assistant coaches. So your boy, your boy Skip there, Bayless you know, is a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of. I've been last year. He was shouting them out, man. Cause the Clippers, the Clippers should beat them. The Clippers are the best. I mean, the Clippers, should, the Clippers were built to beat the like. Now the Clippers are built to make a run to the NBA Finals. But last year the Clippers were built to beat the Lakers. They were. They would have beat the Lakers in a seven game series. Nobody could tell me any of this. They would have beat the Lakers in a seven game series. I stand by that okay, because man. they were the team to do it. They were the exact team to do it. Now, obviously, taking away some of their bench pieces. They're about to hurt by adding in Rondo, playoff Rondo. Oh, yeah, he about to put the whooping back on them Lakers because he's about to win it. And, ooh, woo! About to be first player to win a championship on both L.A. teams. Yes, sir. Boy, Torres, I feel like uh, I feel like making some money this. I, I hope, I hope we went. <laughs> all right, so listen to this. All right, and we'll, we'll, do, we'll do some betting this year, all right? Whenever we see these all right. Out whenever we see these brackets the after the play play in tournament, when we look at everything, I think we can actually legitimately come up with some bets because I, I am feeling I'm feeling right. very emphatic, just like you are. I'm totally opposite of how you feel about most of these takes, which is I think is what makes this so awesome. So um I will say this: I know you and to give give the Clippers credit, they've been doing good, but there are some things that are standing out. I was listening to Ryan Rosello. Um, he's, he's with the ringer. I was listening to one of his shows here recently. He brought up, um, an interesting stat, um, involving, uh, Paul George. I can't remember the exact specifics of it, but Paul George. So it's, it's a little cautionary. So Paul George has been playing pretty good, but one thing you got to keep an eye on is where he's been taking most of his shots. He really hasn't been going to the rim at all. It's almost like he's avoiding trying to go in for layups, dunks, you know, actually trying to get down and dirty, you know, down in the hole take, you know, maybe get fouled, things like that. It's like he's been shying away from it. When it comes playoff time, you're going to need that from one of your star players. You can't just rely on a guy like Kawhi. I mean, a guy like Paul George, he's got to be able to step up in those times. Got to make up for last year, man. So I'm just saying just a little caution right there, bro. You don't want your second all-star, your second star of your your team strictly just taking jump shots from, you know, from the perimeter. He's got to go in and, you know, finish at some point or another and, um, you know, get some fouls because that's that's key in playoffs, man. Getting fouls on the other team, you know, it's all strategy. You know how it goes in the playoffs, you know, getting fouls on them, racking them up, getting to the free throw line, slowing the game down, things like that. It all comes into play come playoff time. So that's just just a little little water to throw on the fire over there, just a little bit. But, no, I'll, I'll agree with you. They have been doing good. I'm just not buying that uh, they're going to beat my Lakers. Uh Comes time to shine. Well, we will see, Tyler. You know, all right, we will all see. Right. 
Well, let's shift, yes. it over to, let's shift it over to UFC, man. So I didn't get to catch the fights um, yesterday. Um, you know, I was just busy on my weekend, but I know that you were able to, you always catch these things, bro. There's never, there's never some fights that you miss. I feel like, I feel like you're always there ready to watch. Um, I heard there was a really good prelim fight. Um, my dad told me, and then of course he gave me a little synopsis of, um, the Holland Vittori fight. Um, and again, I think we brought this up in previous shows, but they're starting to become a little common denominator here, you know, recently in the UFC, these, these guys that are good at striking, it's like when they get when the game gets taken to the ground, they hey missing where, where's this person at that they are they're just all of a sudden they're a non-factor, and it sounds like that's kind of what happened in this fight. But go ahead, give me some more details on this man. I want to hear it. Uh well yeah I mean uh one of the big time exciting fights I mean you probably have to go back and watch it. It was the heavyweight fight uh Jorgen De Castro versus uh. Yariz Danino, I uh, can't really say his name, but uh-huh. he knocked him out, bro. He knocked him out cold. Like, he knocked out Castro. Like, he hit that joke so hard with that right. Mm-hmm. The man didn't move. Like, you know, most of the time, by the time they get to with Bruce Buffett, be like, and the winner of this fight is. Yeah. When he gets to that, dude, that guy was still out. Like, they had to. That's a big body going down. That was a big-time fight. Yeah. Um, Jack Shore, that was really good to see. That was a good fight back and forth. Um, Scott Holzman, he got knocked out. Um, but the main card, I mean, it was a pretty decent main card. I mean, you know, Mackenzie Derns, she beat Nina Nunez. That's Amanda Nunez's wife. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, she submitted her in the first round. Uh, Mike Perry took another loss. Sad. Yeah. Man. Arnold Allen, he's a big-time featherweight. I mean, he got one of the longest winning streaks in all of the UFC right now. So that's really good. He's an up-and-coming guy. Uh, Julian Marquez, I mean, he beat Sam Abbey. He submitted him. You know, Julian, same guy that asked out Miley Cyrus. Now he asked to play Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill all in this uh, badminton something. I don't know. Oh, Some type of game he's trying to play, man. And then we get to the main event with Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland. Yes, Kevin Holland took this on a three weeks notice. Yes, he took this fight big time, trying to redeem himself from a few weeks ago against Derek Bronson. Uh, but Marvin Vittori was supposed to fight Darren Till, and we all saw, you know, Darren Till pop the shoulder out towards something in his shoulder, broke something in his shoulder, and uh, mm-hmm. a cold collar, he broke his collarbone. So now he he was out, and now Marvin Vittori had to step in. And I'm mean, ain't gonna lie to you, Kevin Holland came out strong, came out piece yeah, of the mop. Yeah, I was telling me good little fight. Um, his, he he really came out strong. But what could you really correct three weeks ago that you have now? Like, correcting how to become a better wrestler, you don't get better in three weeks, no matter who you are. That's the thing that Marvin Vittori did. Marvin Vittori was trying to get out of this game with a win. He said, I'm not about going to this fight and get knocked out by a guy that's only had three weeks. Why should I go in there and stand and bang with him? Because he actually could not bang with that guy at all. Now, he did hit him with some hard punches because Marvin is bigger. Marvin was easily bigger than Holland. But the the still the facts still remain the same. Why change up the game plan that just beat him three weeks ago? He is not. It, obviously, it shows he's not that much different. So mm-hmm. Vettori took that to account. He went in and tried to and took him down. Now, when he took him down, did he add some action to it? No, he did not. He was yeah. he was a little lazy. He did pretty, he did go for some submission. He had a head and arm choke that was tight. Then I thought Kevin Holland was gonna tap out, but somehow Kevin Holland got out of it, man. But he laid on top of him. You know, he punched Kevin Holland a lot. I mean, Kevin Holland and I was swollen. 
It was swollen big time. Yeah, so yeah. he hit him a few times on top, but we compared it to because, like you say, I mean, we saw this tweet. A lot of y'all probably saw if y'all follow uh, us on uh, Twitter. It went around again. Um, we was talking about this uh, um, that so a guy said in on a few years that the UFC that ninety percent of it would be wrestlers and strikers would go extinct. Now, I'm gonna say this: strikers will not go extinct for one. That's not happening. Okay. Two. That's good to hear. Wrestlers going against another. Uh, what's that again? I said that's good to hear. Say it again. The uh, oh yeah, well that's not yeah that's not happening at all. That's not happening at all. You gonna have, always have the strikers. Nobody learning the ground game is hard to learn if you don't start at a young age. Uh-huh. It's hard to learn the ground game just in the you know just coming up. Like if you didn't wrestle when you were young, it's really hard. It's only been a few that have been really 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 successful. George St. Pierre, he didn't wrestle coming up. Uh, uh, Chuck Liddell, he didn't wrestle coming up. Mm-hmm. So the, that type of stuff, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But I will say, when most of the time you get two wrestlers, it turns into a brawl anyway. It's not even a wrestling fight. You say What that, changes the yeah. game is... I've been on record saying that. I will say that. That's the thing. What changed... Like, for instance, Gilbert Burns is a ground guy. Kamar Uzan was a ground guy. What, what happened when we saw that fight? How much were they on the ground? N- not nearly, not at all. Mm-hmm. Besides, when Burns did late there, and let Usman kick him. But right. that was a really good fight. You know, it that was. was a really good fight. Stand up. The reason why, because when two ground guys are really high level, I'm not about to take you down, and I know you got just as good at wrestling as me, or just as good at jujitsu as me, because that means I got a potential of getting caught. Same, vice versa. So I'm gonna try to beat you at another game. So I might feel my striking is better than your striking. Same thing with Usman and Kobe Covington. But if you watch all of their fights, they're taking everybody down. But until they went against each other, it was a different story. The way Usman fought Masvidal is not going to be the same way he fight a Burns or a uh, Kobe Covington because those guys got just as good as wrestling. Masvidal ain't no wrestler. So it's a different game, man. And two wrestlers going against each other, yes, it changes up a lot of different things. But the reason why you see a, uh, um, the reason why you have a wrestler versus a uh, another re- uh, striker is because when two great guys, let's listen, Conor McGregor, he was coming up, he was the best striker. Hey, he was the best striker yeah. coming up. Boom, he was beating, every- he was knocking everybody out, beating everybody. Boom, who's on the other side? Oh, Habib, Habib, beating everybody, coming yeah. up. He, I mean eventually it gets to the point, okay, the striker got to fight the wrestler because there ain't no other competition for him. And that's the way Dana, I mean, I think that's just the way Dana, Dana sets up the matchup pretty evenly. He pits mm-hmm. a striker against another striker. He's not going to pit so many wrestlers against striker because most of the time, you know, McGregor, McGregor faced one to me, to me. He faced one pure wrestler. That was Chad Mendes. He got taken down. He almost lost. He almost lost. But Mendes gas and McGregor took advantage of him. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's the only pure wrestler that he wrestled or fought until he fought Habib. Yeah. And we saw what happened. We saw what happened. So you, you can't keep doing wrestler versus striker as a matchmaker because obviously we know, not saying all the time, but just in a lot of cases, the wrestler is going to win. Because And if the wrestler isn't comp- doesn't really have good jiu-jitsu and stuff, and he just not hold you down, he's going to hold a striker down. That's him out. Yeah. So it's a good game plan as a fighter. But as a fan, as somebody that watches, uh, it's understandable why people think it's slightly boring. I agree. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. So, and when I, you know, most of you guys probably saw it on Twitter. I, I quote tweeted the tweet and said, you know, well, because it said that they'll go extinct, you know, the, the strikers. Well, I said, well, so then so will the UFC, in my opinion, just because coming from, you know, a new guy into this, and I've said it multiple times, you know, by no means am I some UFC expert. Torres knows this. I'm, I'm very much new to the game. I didn't really start watching till pretty much a year ago, you know, when we were all in quarantine, UFC was the only sport literally, you know, going on just about, it felt like. Which um, is when it got a lot of his viewers too. It did. It did. I mean, you're talking about what the um, Gaethje Ferguson fight, you know, and then so on after that, which was awesome. It was a yeah. great, it was a great card to start <laughs> watching, you know, for my, you know, for the streak I've been on. So, but, but, you know, I guess, you know, while we're on that, you know, we saw a ton of striking, bro. That one was all about strike. I, I just love it, man. It's fireworks. I mentioned on the show before when we're making our picks, I love seeing the fireworks, man. It's just fun to me. And, you know, um, you, you know, and some people might be like, well, then just go watch boxing or something. Well, it's different, man. You could throw in kicks. It's to me, it's fun watching the kicks, the knees, all the different kind of, you know, punches, because some some stuff you can do in MMA that you can't do in boxing. So to me, it's that aspect is fun. And I do like seeing some stuff go to the ground, but it's like when they're being active, you know, Torres and I were kind of discussing it before the show, but I don't like just watching guys lay on top of people. You know, Torres brought up uh, Derek Brunson, how he's talked about as a wet blanket because they'll just lay on people. <laughs> it's not what I want to see, man. And if and if UFC ever gets to that point, you know, it's just going to be rough, man. I feel like you're definitely going to see viewers drop. Obviously, the, the top of the top, the people that actually, you know, because, you know, we get Jordan and Blake and, you know, we, we get them on the show and you, you're right there with them where you actually find appreciation for that kind of stuff. You know, and I can to a certain extent because – uh, you know, I've hung out with you guys, but it's another thing when you actually do it like you guys do. So when you train actually... it, it feels different. I will say when you exactly. train it, it, it just feels because when you see it and they use like white pencils, you see guard passing or getting them out and you be like, man, that looks phenomenal. And yeah. then, I mean, you as a viewer that never realized, you're like, oh, he did just step over his knee. Yeah, well, that's technique into doing that. Yeah, you know? just, like, it doesn't register like that to me. So that, the, yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying, because once because you find a very much more of an appreciation for it just because you've actually put it in action. You've actually experienced it yourself and everything. So that yeah. might be part of my own fault. You know, maybe I should get into some, some jujitsu or something like that one of these days mm -hmm. or something. But um, no, I just feel like you're casual fan. You know, your normal, everyday casual fan, the one that might watch some of these fights every now and then, if they see this, I just don't feel like they'll be coming back much. You know, and it's it's not going to get, obviously, the retweets and the shares as a, as a knockout would. People love the knockouts, you know. Um, my favorite fight last year, Poirier Hooker. You know, that was one of the <laughs> fights because it was just a freaking slobber knocker. You know what I'm saying? That so um, that's that's more where I was going at. But, you know, Torres, he brought a different uh, viewpoint to it, you know, where he was talking about if you get two wrestlers together, majority of the time they're going to swing. And you, you've been on record saying that multiple times. So is Jordan and Blake. Um, that it just oftentimes and you happens. see it. We yeah. see it in the fight. Exactly. I mean, like, you make a good point. Well, you remember when Miles at all fight? I never forget. Miles at all had fought Usman. Yeah. And he took the fight. Yeah, obviously, we all remember. And that fight's coming up. We all actually got yeah. to do a show on. That'll be but fun. Usman, yeah. When Usman fought him on six days' notice, and I never forget, everybody on Twitter was angry, Pissed. mad because it was, to Pissed. be honest, it was one of the biggest. It was Fight Island. It was the first fights on Fight Island. Yeah. Everybody was watching, yeah, because literally everybody in the sport, there was really no other sport going on. The only thing that was on TV, well, you had to still buy it, but a lot of people were 
going into buying that pay-per-view because the only thing on TV was Usman versus Mazadar. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people watched it, and everybody was mad because they said, well, Usman did with this, take him down and lay on top of him. Hey, they did that, like, that, and then the foot stomping. Everybody remembers the foot the stomping. Foot stomp. we all love, who could forget? <laughs> who could forget, man? Let me tell you something. Hey, Tyler, go watch the promo video for uh, Usman versus Mazadar 2. Okay. They somehow, sometimes I said, I said it to my uh, grand friends group chat because we were watching the fights yesterday. I was like, did they just sit there and throw in a Usman foot stump in a promo video? Did they just sit there and do that? Oh like, you know God, how they're they making like a beat to the, the punch and then a beat to a kick and an elbow uh-huh. and they even put a foot, a foot stump, stump on there. I busted out. <laughs> the old foot stump. Sums but, it up, bro. Sums but, it up. <laughs> but. The thing is, I mean, hey, some of your worst fights ever has come between two strikers, a la Derrick Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. We talk about two of the hard-hit guys in all of the UFC. And they had one of the worst fights you ever want to watch. They literally, they barely touched each other, bro. Mm-hmm. They sat there and just stood around for the majority of the entire fight. Mm-hmm. So when the people talk about, well, you know, I would like to see two guys bang it out. Sometimes the guys that you expect to bang it out sometimes don't even be the most exciting fight. Like, for instance, and this is my, this is my opinion, Usman versus Burns, I believe that was much more exciting than Yon versus Israel. I mean, Yon versus yeah, Israel. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, no, no, I, I can, I can definitely agree exciting. with that. I can definitely agree with that. It, it very much was. I loved watching Usman with those jabs, man. Um, Yon yeah, versus Israel. It was wasn't. Why? Yeah, it was very slow paced. You're right. Uh, Yon versus Israel. Israel couldn't. You know, it's again. I guess if we want to reference back to the Holland thing. He couldn't do really much when it came to the ground game, and uh, Yon kind of dominated that one. So it just it, it went kind of slower. Um, but like you said, Usman and, and uh, Burns. That was a really fun one to watch. I, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and, and, and that's all, that's what I was saying, man. I mean. It just depends on your matchup. And, and that's the thing about Dana White. You As a matchmaker, you match up opponents, rightfully so, that for one, bring in the excitement, bring in the money, but also make sense. Yeah. So when you have two guys that have beaten everybody in their way, well, let's say, when all the wrestlers don't beat all the wrestlers, when all the strikers don't beat all the strikers, what's next? The striker versus the wrestler. And so that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and then you then you get your winner out on that. And, and let's be honest, you sit here and think about the champions, and I say and thought about it, and that does make sense. A lot of the champions aren't even strikers. I mean, wrestlers. The heavyweight, he showed enough ain't a wrestler. Francis, he's knocking everybody out. Two oh five, Yon ain't a wrestler. He did it against Israel, yeah. but he's a striker. Israel's a champion. Usman is a wrestler. That's seventy. That's the only one. Yeah, yeah. Fifty-five was a B. You know. Yeah. 45 is Volonovsky. He's a wrestling-based type guy. He can't yeah. strike with you, but he's a wrestling-based type guy. 35, I'm not 35. Um, yeah, it is 35. Who's uh, Sterling. Uh, yeah, he's a wrestler. He's a jiu he guy. Yeah, he Peter Young was a striker in that one now. Yeah. Algermain, he's a wrestler. 25. Now, Figueredo, he's different. Figueredo, you know, he, he comes to knock the piss out of you. He does. And he beats you up. Then he tries to. Then he tries. Yeah, yeah, he likes to beat yeah. you up and then go for it. Yeah, and then go for it. So uh-huh. he's, he's on the fence. On I love both that sides. guy, man. I love that guy. All right, their fights coming up in what July? Uh, I believe. 
That'll so, bro, we all remember that first fight. Man, was it good. <laughs> See, and those two guys are wrestlers. That's the thing. So, it, it just depends on what, what you're, you know, what you're looking for. And as, and like you say, as you grow as an MMA fan, see, you will start to watch it consistently. It's hard to talk to this to a fan that watch it here and there. Yeah. Oh, I'm only going to watch when, like, like for instance, if they only watch when Francis fought Stipe, or let's see, because this is a lot of fans I know that do this. They watch the corner. I know a guy that watched the corner fight, and the last time he watched the MMA fight, was the last fight with Stipe fought Francis. So you're looking at these in-between gaps. You're not sitting there looking yeah. at these other guys that can do so, so much more. I mean, there's more than just when people talk about fighting, they think fighting deals with only this. Fighting, you can kick, you can knee, I can mixed pick you martial up. martial arts, right? It's mixed, mixed martial arts, exactly. That's the thing. That's what I want a lot of people to understand. Yes, that might not be appeasing to the eye, I mean, and I compare this to football, bro. A lot of people don't like defensive games. I'm an actual they big, don't. I'm a big fan of it. Like when Alabama played LSU and the score was nine to six, mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I thought that was one of the best defensive games I ever watched. Yeah. That was that was fun to me. Double overtime, nine to six, LSU wins in Alabama. That was fun. That was fun yeah. to watch. That was a lot of good plays on both sides. But people would rather see uh uh, Penn State versus USC in the Rose Bowl when the score is 52 to 48, yeah, 49. Yeah. Or people would rather see um, uh, who was it? Texas Tech versus West Virginia 70 to 63. See, I can't, I can't watch that. I can't mm-hmm. watch nothing like that. Because could you see a lot of good plays? Yeah. But at some point, I'm like, where's the defense, bro? I For can't, sit, I can't sit there and watch that. I can't. I can't sit. When the Rams played the Chiefs, that's probably the only time I ever watched a high-scoring game. And I was like, man, that was a great game all around. The Monday night game, when the Chiefs played the Rams, I think it was 51 to 48. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the reason why the score was high, because you had defensive players scoring touchdowns as well. True. So it was a good game in that regards, but I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and watch a game that's touchdown, 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 touchdown. What's the defense, man? Not necessarily saying I want to see punt after punt after punt, but I want to see some defense. I want to see yeah. some, you know, I'm but hidden. the way the rules are now is different. So yeah. that, that's the correlation I have between football, you know, MMA and any other sports. No, so. I'm right there with you. No, it's, you got to learn to find appreciation for it. And I got to do a better job of it. That's for sure. Um, so with that being said, so moving on to the next topic. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of briefly discussed it before the show, but, uh, Jackson State, you know, we had talked about this, you know, briefly before, you know, of course, everybody knows Neon Dion Sanders has taken over head coaching duties there. You know, we were we were talking about this and uh, I, th- I think we talked about with Colin and them, you know, they were they were cracking on Georgia for losing a recruit to him, you know, and then we were able to go back at him and talk about how Florida lost a recruit to him. But there was all this hype around him, you know, he's going to put HBCUs back on the map. You know, um, he's going to go undefeated. You know, there was they were talking about how he was going to run the table in HBCU football, and now he has found himself on a three-game losing streak. And I saw, you know, I, I, I like to tweet, Torres saw it, uh, where I think it was a Florida State account. You know, obviously they got to throw some shade at it because, you know, Dion came <laughs> they, they'd like to have him at their at their college, right, helping coach uh, DBs or something. But they were like, yeah, Dion, you know, has a three-game losing streak, and I, I liked it. Um, but Torres, what, what do you see with this? I mean, you, you immediately started breaking it down by who they played. So give us some intel on that. 
Well, the reason why a lot of, I, I see this a lot because you know they're playing in the SWAT conference, and you got to. I want y'all to recognize this: Jackson State, all right? They lost to uh, Alabama State. I'm looking yeah. at Alabama State now. Currently, Alabama State is two and two. Alabama State lost to Southern U, who we're going to get to eventually, who is three and one. They lost to uh, South Carolina State, and South Carolina State currently is three and one. And so that's Alabama State only two losses. Both of the losses are three and one teams who Jackson State lost to, and they only lost 35 28. Mm-hmm. Then they played Southern U. Southern U is three and one. Really good team. They lost 34 14 when it's close, but they're a really good team. Then they lost to Alabama AM 52 to 43. It was a really high scoring game. Yeah. Alabama AM is the number one team in the SWAC East. Okay, then. So you've lost three really good teams. What I want a lot of people to see here and understand and recognize is if you thought Deion Sanders was going to walk in there year one and just do this instantly, then you got to be playing with yourself automatically. Yeah, yeah. He is, what he is doing with Jackson State already is you have to give a man props in, your, in, in itself already. You have to give the man his props because if you're going in this with the expectation that Oh, he should win every game. He should lose this. He should lose that. Uh-huh. Then you're going in there with the wrong expectations. I'm looking at the head coach beforehand. Let me. Th- I'm, I'm about to give you. I'm about to help y'all out with some stats. But okay. Hit it with it. So, their head coach in 2014 to 15, he went six and eleven. Next, mm-hmm. 2016 to 2018, Tony Hughes, he went nine and twenty. Next, Johnny Hendricks from 2018 to 2020 went six and nine. Next. I'm sitting here looking at all these coaches. Deion Sanders right now is three and two. This team does not have a big time history on being a winning team all the time. Now, in the late in the 70s and 90s, they were a winning team. They had a guy named W.C. Gordon, James Carson, Robert Hughes. I mean, they had records of 119 and 48, 54 and 25, wow. 32 and 13. So they were winning games back in the back in the day. But when it hit the 2000s. They went down big time, and I yeah. mean big time. Until yeah. they got Ricky Comedy, he went 55 and 35, and then that's when they went on their losing streak again. So I'm basically what I'm trying to get here is mm-hmm. Deion Sanders has walked into a situation where this team doesn't have a constant rich tradition of winning. So he has to do some building on his own. Change that culture. And don't take time. Yes, he got to change the culture. He said that this team got to build confidence. I read a little article about his interview. He was talking about, I tried to give these kids a, 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 a lecture, basically saying when they when we used, when we were young, basically when he was young, there was no swim instructors. We were thrown in the pool and we had to believe that we can get back to the top. He said, same thing is when there was no Instagram, Twitter, or no Snapchat. He said, we had to walk up and spit your game to the girl to be able to get the girl rather than going to DMs and, you know, basically playing a fake game behind the screen. Uh So basically what he's saying is I'm trying to give these kids confidence to the point now that they can have actual belief and believe that Jackson State do belong on the level as a lot of these other HBCU schools. And the problem is he's still doing that. You look at his three-game losing streak. I mean, where were all the haters at when he was 3-0? and Now he's 3-9, and he's down, you know, so. The account that was calling him out, it's it's obviously coming from pettiness. You know, they they it is you know, he's an alum. They'd like him to probably be there instead of at Jackson State. I understand it. Um, and and I'll I'll add to the point here, um, you know, of him 
losing all these games here recently. You got to just like people were cracking on Kirby Smart his first year with Georgia, you know, going, going, I think it was eight and five. You know, he lost some questionable games. I was actually at one of the games when he lost to Vanderbilt of all teams. That sucked. It hurt, bro. It hurt. It, 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 it was trash. But you got to give these guys time to get their own recruiting classes in. They're guys. Because you have to think, he's working with people that he didn't even recruit. You know, that maybe not even – don't even fit his system. So give him time to get his guys in that can fit what he wants to run and how he wants to play, you know, with his team. And then we can actually start really judging these guys, right? Yeah. You're right. That's that's when you that's when you start actually doing the so-called judging. Mm-hmm. When you actually when you allow him to actually build up. So next year, if he's like losing like this, or in three years he's losing like this, then yeah, okay, you can give him all the crap you want. Yeah. But I, I still don't believe Curtis Smart should get half of the crap he get. You know, I mean I, yeah, I tell people all the time about you know coaches that play in the SEC West or coaching in the SEC West that you can't constantly fire your coaches like this, man. Yeah. Like, you have to be mindful. And I refer to the same thing, Dion. I mean, HBCU, you might not keep them on the same level as some of the FBS school, but they're tough schools to play at, y'all. A mm-hmm. lot of great players come out of HBCU. So, when you get coaches like this, like, if it's go to SEC West, we all know Alabama's the best team. Yeah. You, you can't be doing all this, let me fire this coach here, you win it. Or let me fire Texas A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, you shouldn't be firing your coaches every two no. years. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You should keep those coaches, let them build, and if in five to six years they're not doing anything, then you can get them out of there. Yeah. But don't be firing these coaches because they're not winning, because they're not beating Alabama the first, second, third year. Who is going to beat them the first, second? Who is exactly. beating them at all? You know. Exactly. So I'm not no saying settle for second. There you go. You got to be patient. Uh-huh. Take your time. Now, yes, the thing with Georgia is it's slightly got different because we know Georgia. We already know who's Georgia main competition is. It is Alabama. Yeah. We most of the time Georgia find a way to get a past Florida. But you gotta find a way to get past. And I think we have given Curry a few chances. And he, I mean, it's just tough. It's yeah. tough. It is. It's a hard it thing is. to do. You know, he got he got us to the national championship. And come on, man. I mean, yeah, I can't really blame the man on coaching in that game. No. I mean, but I, I blame a little, I blame a little bit on OC for not having uh Michelle in there over Chubb. Really? But besides that, man, what can you really blame on Kirby? I mean, no. they played about as good as game you they sacked them. It's second and 22, 26, whatever the heck it is. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That's it's not as you know, no. hey, I feel you, man. So so have some patience with these guys. You know, don't get on them right right away. Uh, lighten up on the old Dion. Lighten up on him, man. He, he's, right. he's doing what he can. He's doing what he can. He was just on NFL Network last year. Come on, man. For real. <laughs> For real. Well, Torres, any other things you want to uh, break down here before we end the show? No, man. I just want to tell y'all, hey, we're five weeks away. Um, coming on go. week five. Five weeks away until uh, fight fight week. And, um, man, hey, if y'all come and get your tickets. We'll have the pay-per-view coming out. We'll make sure we post it all. Um, I'm excited, man. I got me a different heavyweight. I want to make sure I reiterate this to everyone, but um, I'm fighting a different opponent. I'm no longer fighting Jesse Romans. It was supposed to be a champion versus champion fight. Um, that fight is now uh, not happening. Mm-hmm. But no worries. Your boy Finney will still be fighting for the heavyweight title. I am just fight, I'm just my, my 205 title will not be on the line. I will just be fighting for the heavyweight title. I'm going against a guy named Matthew Coggins. I'm used from North Carolina, so... Me and Hill will be dueling it out for the heavyweight title, and I'm trying to be 
the second time ever in Valley history, the only double-double champ they ever had. So, and it will definitely be the first time you ever had one 205 at heavyweight. So, I'm definitely trying to make some history. So, support your boy, and I'm definitely working hard, baby. So, let's do this. All right. Yes, sir. All right. That's what I like to hear, man. So, champ champ is still intact. Hopefully, you can still pull this one out, man. We'll be rooting for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yes. So, guys, thank you again for listening into the show. As always, we do appreciate it. Give us some love over on Twitter at the TNT Podcast, over on Instagram at TT underscore podcast. And, you know, give us a listen. Continue to share it with people. I mean, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, really anywhere you can listen to your podcast. Um, So, yeah, we do appreciate all those shares, those retweets, those likes. You know, you name it, guys. We, We appreciate it. You guys getting us out there to other folks so we can, you know, broaden our audience. Uh, but so continue to do that, man. We, we do appreciate it. And, you know, as always, guys, uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Boom, boom.